In this episode, we are making progress. What's up, companions? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Backlog Companion. I'm your host, Tom Tate. I'm sharing my journey through my ever-growing video game backlog as I attempt to tame the beast. Along the way, we will talk to guests about their gaming history and what's in their backlog. I promise we will get to that. We'll cover some news, some retro gaming news, some hardware stuff, and much, much more. But first, I have to apologize. I've gone missing. Just like that classic game, Mario is missing. And I don't have a good excuse. I mean, I guess I do. I do have an excuse. I had the flu, and I had a really bad case of the flu. So that put me out of commission for like, I want to say two weeks. Like I was down for the count for a week, and I was just feeling so crummy for the following week. And then when I got back to work, uh, it was, again, I started a new job in January. So it was like catching up. Uh, on all the things that I missed while I was out. So there was just a ton of work. Um, I am the worst content creator. So if you follow my other podcast, which I can barely even call a podcast anymore because I don't release episodes, but the uh, Nintendo Power Time podcast, uh, which is a show that I started in 2016 with great regularity in the beginning, uh, and then it tapered off. Um, I'm a I'm a terrible content creator by today's standards because it's all about consistency. It's all about putting out the same quality of content day after day or week after week or whatever your cadence is. Uh, and podcasting, unfortunately, is like number three or four on my priority list. Uh, and then the top priorities uh, are super demanding. I have kids, job, whatever. I'm not going to make excuses. I really should be like a writer or an author because it seems like good writers and authors can just disappear for a while. You don't hear anything from them for a really long time. Uh, and who knows what they're doing during that time. They could be writing. They could be catering to other needs, other things. They could be playing video games. They could be reading. They could be doing whatever they want to do, vacationing, uh, other hobbies. Uh, and then all of a sudden they just show up every two years with a new book. Um, and I'm sure that's not how it works, but hey, maybe that's what I should do. Uh, so I don't have to meet the demands of the modern day content creator. But anyways, uh, I'm back. I'm excited to be back. Uh, I have been playing video games. Of course, I've been thinking about video games, reading about video games, playing them. And now I'm talking about them. So I missed a lot of news while I was not recording podcasts um, and I didn't report on a ton of stuff, but I do want to have a quick news segment so I can talk about two things that are super relevant and current right now uh, for me and possibly for you. So the first is the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo, which is live in the PlayStation Store. I played it all the way through and I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm going to spoil one thing. And it's 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 an Easter egg. So you might have even stumbled upon it because I, I saw a couple people report on this. I'm going to spoil one thing. It doesn't ruin the game or the plot. It's just something I discovered that I thought was so delightful. Um, the game itself plays great. 
it is not perfect by any means. And I think that it's hard to get action RPGs perfect. I played through Kingdom Hearts 3. I didn't love the combat. I'll be completely honest. I played through Final Fantasy 15. I didn't love the combat, to be honest. And I'm playing through Final Fantasy 7 Remake. And there are things about the combat that I don't particularly like, but I'm, I think I just have to get used to them. But overall, I, I really feel like the system, the battle system, is so much more refined compared to some of the other titles that I just mentioned. So I'm really excited about that particular aspect. I'm excited to have the story diverge from the original Final Fantasy. I don't want it to be a one-to-one retelling of the same story. I don't need it to follow the same narrative beats uh, as you progress through the story. I just want the game to be immersive and fun and true to the spirit of Final Fantasy VII. And I felt like I received that with this demo, with the Final Fantasy VII remake demo. So when I started, when I picked up the controller and I started playing the intro sequence, beautiful. Well, let me back up. So I turned on the demo and it immediately started playing that iconic Final Fantasy title screen music. And I'll be completely honest, I did not hit start. I did not begin playing the game until it played that track all the way through and started to loop over again because I was almost welling up just listening to it. Um, Touches like that, little touches like that, I think are going to really kind of like tickle that nostalgia for Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy VII specifically. Um, Little sound effects, uh, music, Easter eggs. Like I'm excited about that kind of stuff because again, it just really felt nice to hear that music play again uh, before you even kicked off the game. And it was a new version of that track. It wasn't the original. It was orchestrated. And I think just kind of like that upscaling of the music into an orchestrated uh, high def version. Oh, it's going to be so beautiful. Um, So I started the game and the intro sequence was amazing. Uh, Obviously, if you haven't played the game, go play it uh, or just wait, I guess, at this point. And you're, you're storming the first reactor in Midgar. You jump off the train and you enter the train station. And there are advertisements in the train station, as there would be in a public train station. And one of the advertisements, I was looking at all of them. Uh, one of them was for Loveless, which is a a play. It's kind of like a, a the equivalent of a Broadway play. And it gets referenced a lot in the compilation of Final Fantasy VII in other works. They don't really talk about it at all in the original Final Fantasy VII but they reference it a lot in other works. And I'm excited to see if that gets pulled in a little bit. So there's an advertisement for Loveless, but then there's an advertisement for Benora White Apple Juice. And I loved this so much because uh, Benora White Apple Juice is a throwback to Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, which is one of my favorite games on the PlayStation uh, PSP, uh, PlayStation Portable. Uh, there was a location called Benora Village, and they had these apple trees there um, that they were known for. It was kind of a uh, icon of that game was these dumb apples that grew in Benora Village. 
And if you haven't played that game, I encourage you to play it. I'll, I'll say this too. Uh, Square missed an amazing opportunity to rake in some money and, and re-engage old fans. They should have released an HD version of Crisis Core on Nintendo Switch. They should have done that. Or PlayStation 4. I don't really care, but they should have brought that game back because currently the only way to play it, as far as I know, is on the PSP. And a lot of people missed out on a great game. So, Benora White Apple Juice thought that was amazing. And for me, it just solidified that I'm going to spend so much of my time just enjoying going through every nook and cranny of uh, of this game. You know, when you're in... Uh, Tifa's bar, for example, I'm going to be going through every nook and cranny of that bar, looking for little Easter eggs and just taking in some of the enhanced detail. Uh, the steampunk world of Final Fantasy VII and Midgar, it was already really immersive and engaging to me when I first played it back in the late 1990s. And the five or six times I've played it afterwards, I've always enjoyed looking for little details. And I'm just so excited to have even more details now that the world has expanded with uh, a film, Advent Children, with multiple games, uh, I even have two um, Square official, they're not really official, but like Square um, blessed novels, novelizations I have uh, that were just recently translated to English. Um, so, you know, I heard that they might even be pulling from the kids are all right, which is a novel about the Turks. Um, so I'm really excited just to just jump back into this world. Is it going to be perfect? No. Is the battle system going to be perfect? No. Uh, but I think that it's just, um, for, for me, it's, it's not about getting the gameplay 100%. Uh, it's about jumping back into a world that I fell in love with um, so many years ago. It comes out on April 10th. I have it pre-ordered. I'm ready to go. My backlog will pause. I will play that game all the way through. Um, I'm hoping it's not like 50 or 60 hours. It's just Midgar. I can't imagine it would be. Um, I'm also hoping it's not 10 or 12 hours. I really think a sweet spot would be like the Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, you know, the Kingdom Hearts length, you know, anywhere between like 20 to 30 hours, maybe with like side missions and side stuff that will make it longer if you want it to be, but totally optional, right? Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how full of a game this is as they fill it out. The other bit of news that I want to talk about is the Analog NT Mini Noir. So the Analog NT and Analog NT Mini uh, were kind of Analog's flagship products for a long time. Analog, of course, is known for making FPGA consoles. They've done the Super NT um, they've also done the Mega SG, uh, and they'll be releasing the Analog Pocket. Um, those three consoles are going to allow you to play handheld games, Genesis and Super Nintendo games. And they started with the Analog NT and NT Mini, which allowed you to play NES and Famicom games. And they're doing one final run. So this is a, uh, it's a metal console. It's anodized metal. Um, it's it's called the Noir because it's anodized with uh, like a gunmetal black finish, which is really, really nice. Um, gold plated input and outputs. Um, it is gorgeous. And I'm really excited that they decided to put this out for one final run. 
I'm not going to pick it up. And I'll tell you why. It is $500, um, which is very expensive. Um, Their other products are not as expensive. The reason why this is so expensive, uh, one, they can charge that much because it's been in high demand for such a long time because the NT Mini has not been in production for quite a few years. Um, But the multiple outputs uh, that this can handle is pretty staggering. So if you want to play Nintendo, NES, or Famicom games uh, on any display, this is probably the best way to do it. Um, It has four controller inputs, right? So four controller inputs, uh, meaning you can play all those uh, four score, NES four score games that you want to (laughs) play. You can play them without a four score. Um, But in terms of output, you have HDMI, RGB component, S video composite. Uh, You have analog audio out. You have the microphone input, which wasn't really relevant in the United States, but it was uh, there for Famicom. Um, the Famicom expansion port. I don't even know what that was for. Maybe the disk system. I'm not sure. Um, and it includes an 8-bit Doe N30 2.4G controller. Um, it has two slots, two, two um, actual cartridge slots, one for Famicom, one for NES. Uh, and it's available in limited quantities. So it's one final limited run available for pre-order. If you have the cash and you're into FPGA consoles, or you're just looking to revisit your NES and Famicom carts uh, in the best way possible, uh, this is it. I am holding off, I am crossing my fingers that after this final run of the NT Mini Noir, they're actually going to produce uh, a NES and Famicom FPGA console that is more akin to the Mega SG and the Super NT, which is plastic. So you have plastic shells, not uh, anodized metal. Um, And those consoles are just HDMI out. Just HDMI out. So I personally don't need the RGB. I don't have a really um, fantastic CRT TV um, component as video composite. I have access to, to that, but I would always opt to do HDMI. Uh, I don't even need the microphone input or the Famicom expansion port. I just want to play NES games uh, through HDMI in the best possible way without modding an actual NES console. So NT Mini Noir is out. I'm still crossing my fingers that after the analog pocket gets its release uh, sometime in 2020, they will announce for 2021 or beyond a new NT that is slimmed down, plastic, HDMI only. That'd be amazing. All right, companions, uh, this podcast started out as a 30-day podcast challenge where I went through 30 games in my backlog and I chose 10 games to set aside for another day, um, 10 games to cut from my backlog completely, and 10 games to play. And I've been systematically going through those 10 games that I decided to play, starting with The Messenger, which I completed. So I finished that game last month. I am now playing Yoshi's Crafted World. If you haven't listened to either of those episodes, you can go back in the archives and check those out where I talk about those games in much more detail. The Yoshi's Crafted World one was fun because I had my son on as the special guest. But I I just want to share a bit about The Messenger because I did play it all the way through. Uh, The Messenger is a 2D, 2D action platform video game. It was developed by Sabotage Studio and published by Devolver Digital. 
if you look at this game, you will absolutely see the Ninja Gaiden influence uh, over the art style and then also just the basic mechanics of the game, just how it plays, the speed, the character, the main character is a ninja, so you can definitely see that comparison there. But as you play through this game, and I'm not going to spoil anything, it really pulls from so much more. It is not just a Ninja Gaiden clone or a Ninja Gaiden copy. Uh, It is a true, true homage to classic 2D uh, side-scrolling adventure games, but very, very original. There are very original uh, mechanics and puzzles and challenges in this game, Um, and the story is super original as well. The dialogue is very tongue-in-cheek. you know, I can't remember if Shovel Knight was this tongue-in-cheek, but it's definitely self-aware that it is a retro-style game being released in um, twenty, I think, I, 2018, 2018, I guess at this point. Um, very, very challenging. I died many, many times. Uh, it actually tells you how many times you died on occasion, and I think it was well over 300 times uh, just because of some of the challenges where I, I probably died 30, 40 times just to get through uh, one or two rooms. I played this game for about 13 to 14 hours and I 100% at the game in that time. There's a new game plus mode. I'm not even going to attempt it because I don't really think there's much more for me to discover. Um, There are collectibles and I collected all of them. Um, And there's this free DLC pack uh, that I downloaded and I will play that DLC because I love this game so much. I'm going to step away from it for a bit, clean out the backlog a bit more, but I will come back and play this um, DLC. Yoshi's Crafted World, on the other hand, is a completely different game. Still side-scrolling, you know, 2D, uh, I guess, action game, but the pace is much, much slower. So it's been a little strange going from The Messenger to Yoshi's Crafted World, uh, but the puzzles are very unique and enjoyable. Uh, It's a really nice pace, actually, just for, like, hanging out on the couch while something's on TV. Um, So you can multitask in that sense. You, You don't really have to be super involved in the game at all times. Uh, There are tons and tons and tons of collectibles. I'm at this point where I have 100%ed all of the uh, levels that I've played, and I don't know if I want to continue to be obsessive about 100%ing the game or just blow through it so I can get to the next game in my backlog. I'm sure you've been there before. Uh, But enough about me and and my backlog. I'm always curious what games you are playing. You can tweet me at YoPowerTime, Y-O-PowerTime, and let me know. Uh, That would be awesome. Uh, In the absence of a Patreon account, you can share the show or leave a review on Podchaser. That would be awesome. Podchaser.com. You can search for Backlog Companion there. Podchaser is a really nice site. Uh, I've really enjoyed using that uh, over over the past couple of months. Um, I'm going to try my very, very best to put this show out with more regularity. Um, I'm a little bit, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit concerned about the uh, coronavirus and how it might upset, uh, the day-to-day life around here. Um, I am on the East coast, uh, where a lot of people around here do commute to New York city and New York city is, uh, starting to, um, have more cases pop up. So I want to encourage everyone out there, uh, wherever you are in the world, as you are listening, uh, in real time, uh, at this time, it is March, 6th, 2020, uh, keep your hands clean. Um, if you have symptoms, you know, be smart uh, and uh, do your thing. Uh, I just want to wish everybody uh, tons of health, you know, so we can all enjoy 
this life together uh, healthily and enjoy these amazing games that we have in our backlog and all those games that are going to be coming out. Uh, but of course, life is much more than video games. Um, so be smart, keep your hands clean uh, and, and keep in touch. If you want to email me, it's Tom at videogamepodcasts.com. Uh, let me know what you do and don't like about the show so I can build a better listening experience for you when I can actually take the time to record. Uh, with that, I'm going to sign off here and I'm going to keep playing Yoshi's Crafted World. I'll be back hopefully in a couple of weeks uh, with some more news uh, and some more progress to report uh, on some of the games in my backlog and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully uh, a guest soon. So that's it for today's episode. And as always, I want to thank you so much for traveling companion. I will catch you next time.